Hey, this is Mike Bob, and I'm a guy who used to make things, and sometimes I still do. These days, I prefer making podcasts, and I have a new one called Soundtrack to My Life. On this podcast, I talk to different creative people about the music that shaped them. Sometimes the conversations are funny, and sometimes they're just kind of sweet. I love that Pina Colada song. Yeah, I do. Rihanna has had a huge impact on my songwriting. I'm diving into the ocean, finding that one fish that has the toxins, and I'm just drinking those toxins all day. Maybe they're saying, like, you should now go forth and rock. It's like a peace be with you situation. I also have a playlist called F Jams. One and two. <laughs> Just in case. We dance to a jazz version of my favorite things. Soundtrack to my life. It's available exclusive on Spotify. It's a exclusive. I'm going to try to make that word take off. It's a music plus talk show, meaning I can play songs in their entirety. So think of this as an interactive playlist with some of the coolest creative people I know. And you should know, too. Soundtrack to my life. A Spotify exclusive. Hi, I'm Mike Bobbitt. I am a lot of things. I'm a comedian, I'm a podcaster, I'm a writer, an actor, and a storyteller. But most of all, I'm a dad now. Movies were an important part of my childhood, and I'm hoping they'll be an important part of my kids' childhood, too. So through this podcast, I talk to my friends about movies that were important to them when they grew up, and I also talk to my friends who are parents about their experiences introducing their own kids to movies. This is Movies for Kids. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever grow up. Sometimes I wonder if I know it's me. I know it's me. There's no way for this to be an organic call since... uh we already recorded a, a pretty good episode yesterday, except for I. this was the third time I've done this, too. I didn't record my half of the conversation. So we lost two episodes of the Truthcast because I hit the wrong button, and I hit the same wrong button yesterday. So uh, we're going to recreate our magic. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to one of my oldest friends in the world. Do you want to pretend to be amazed when I say that we've been friends for over 30 years? 30 years? Are you serious? <laughs> How could this be? I didn't know. <laughs> right. I I was doing the math on that and uh like I was still in high school when I started going to Blondie's and that was when you had the band Sanguis at the time. And uh so yeah, that, that we're going back to 1989-90. I don't think your math is right. Now think about it. How do you figure? Uh I don't know. Maybe you're right. <laughs> I, I thought it was 91 that I was, but you know, I was, no, nah, no, nah, actually 91. It was 90, 91. Yeah. Right. Yeah. ninety ninety one. I celebrated my 21st birthday there, which is to say, I said, I'm 21 tonight. And that was about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I do recall that. So I guess perhaps, yeah. So one of the moments we talked about yesterday that uh, I just kind of want to lead with, I guess, today was one of those things that happened way back then where, you know, it was a time where I was trying to be as cool as possible, <laughs> being Mr. Heavy Metal guy, Mr. Punk Rock guy, and, you know, hide the fact that I still really like Star Wars. that's what you were going for, huh? That's <laughs> what you were going for? Yeah. Now you... I know. I didn't know what you were going for. <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you mean I wasn't pulling it off? 
<laughs> oh, oh, Mike, it was great, man. You were Mr. You were Mr. Heavy Metal guy. You're right. Mr. Post Rock guy. <laughs> but here you were, like, in the entire time I've known you, you've always been the front man of various bands, and but you were the epitome of cool. And the Thanks. coolest moment for me was one of the times because the bathroom at this little dive was terrifying and you had to go to the bathroom. So you were like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go back home to go to the bathroom. You want to come with me? Which is a very weird thing in retrospect. And can we clarify something here? <laughs> yeah. I was going to take a crap. All right. <laughs> right. And then I got to see your bedroom at your parents' house and you had every toy that I had growing up, you know, and still would look at in the stores and go, oh, man, I wish I could have that G.I. Joe thing. And you were like unabashed about the fact that you're like, no, this is stuff I like and this is who I am and I don't care if you like it or not. And that was when I realized, oh, the really cool thing to do is just be yourself and not care what anyone else thinks. Thank you. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's what it, it, Well, Yeah. And like I, I think I mentioned yesterday, it was one of those, uh, I understand where you're coming from where you said you were trying to be Mr. This and Mr. That. And I get it because, you know, I think everybody to some degree wants to, to fit in, you know, and, and fit in where they want to fit in. Right. And I, I was, and like I said yesterday, I was desperate to, to be liked by everybody, but I had absolutely no interest in anything anyone else wanted to do. So it was like this weird balance that worked out for me, I guess. That's what all kids need to learn by God that just being yourself is enough because if, because ultimately no matter how bummed out you think you are, you would be bummed out if you weren't being true to yourself. And I, I think that's, people need to quit worrying about what other people think of them. And, and talking about being yourself, that was an interesting thing that you told me about yesterday that I, I didn't even, I never knew was um, like you and Stephanie have were have been very careful to not put on your daughter like these are boy things these are girl things and yeah. she's on her own is just gravitating towards traditional girl things and that's kind of interesting she's she sees what her mom's doing mm -hmm. she sees what i'm doing and she's gravitating more towards what mom's up to right and and is so, and I, I thought it was interesting because, like I said yesterday, we could stop saying what we said yesterday, I think, at this point. I think everyone <laughs> realized we had this conversation already. Right. But what my, my whole point was, it's interesting to me that there are a lot of people out there that, that, that make an argument that girls in general can be forced down a path, the pink aisle, as they would call it, the Barbie aisle. They can be forced down that path when they feel like they have no choice but to be your typical girl. You could make the argument about anybody who tries to force anything on their kid. If I was to force my likes of comic books and Star Wars down her throat to the point where she felt she had no choice, that'd be just as bad. But ultimately, we let her just open her eyes and go towards whatever interests her. And the pink eye interests her. Right. So, yeah. So, and that, and, and that's where we've been. And that's where we, and you know, we're talking, you know, the whole point of, where this conversation is to go, which is to discuss movies and kids and things like that. And it's been the same in that regard. It's like, we kind of let the, we, we put the TV on or we put a book in front of her. We, you know, we, we show her an image of something. And then when she says that, then we say, okay, well, I mean, if she points at like some 
you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we say, <laughs> well, maybe. Right. But, uh, but, you know, and so and, and that's what she's been doing. She's been directing us, and then we've been accommodating her. And, yeah. You know, still making the parental decisions of what's right and wrong, but at the same time, you know, hey, if that's what you're into, cool. And there's times where I, and there's times where I even kind of like ask her, are you sure? And, you know, just to be certain because, you know, kids are kids. But yeah, no, nah, that's, I think that's the way to be. It's working out for me so far. Yeah. I, I recorded a lot of these yesterday. And I think one of the biggest takeaways I had was from you, where I think in my mind, I thought I was supposed to have a battle plan for Benji of, okay, these are the things I'm going to introduce him to in order to get him to be into these things. And I don't think that's a legitimate battle plan. And, you know, basically the whole theme of this podcast, I, I think I have to let him show me what he's into. And I obviously I can show him the things I like, but... Like you showed your daughter Star Wars and she was just like, meh, you know, all right. Yeah, it's cool. It's that you like it, you know, and she, she, yeah, that's just it. She, she made it very clear that she likes it to have something to share with me because she then in turn sees me. She knows I'm not interested in Barbies, but I go the extra mile and say, okay, let's show me what you got going on. Show me this. Show me that. That's cool. And she does the same thing for, same thing for me. She's like, you know what? You like Star Wars? Cool. I think it builds a level of trust and a level of respect that I hope sticks around because there's going to be a time and we're not discussing just Barbies and Star Wars. We're going to be discussing the kids at school and the, and the next decisions that are going to be made. And she can't trust me to, to to appreciate and respect her when she's just trying to figure out if she wants to play with blocks, Star Wars, or Barbies. How the hell am I expected to trust me when some kid at school is telling her how cool drugs are and i'm trying to tell her they're not you know so i mean it, you gotta start somewhere and, and i that's why i've been very conscious of the fact that i could have growing up myself i could have very easily gone down some dark bad paths and uh i think the bit of freedom my my parents gave me is you know was important mind you my parents gave me freedom because they just weren't paying attention but uh <laughs> you know it's that back and forth, I think, is necessary. I mean, like I said, once again, my thoughts. I don't know about anyone else, but yeah, you're echoing what my brother said as well, too. And I'm trying to think of a way to like word this without it not sounding like a backhanded compliment. Where oh, folks, oh, let's hear this now. <laughs> it's such a mature take on being a parent, where I think one of the things that has made me want to make sure that you and I have always been friends was there is that certain element of being friends with you where I'm just like, no, I can turn off the adult because when I'm hanging out with Jeff, it's just gonna, you know, we're just going to act like kids and act like we did when we were in our late teens, early twenties and talk about <laughs> star Wars and action figures and comic books. But it's, it's kind of, it's neat. And I hate to say that, surprising to be like oh man jeff has this dad stuff nailed <laughs> like that's awesome i don't know if i have it nailed but thank you if anything like i said a few moments ago and i think a lot of people would say this but i could have i could have really grown up a bad person i had a lot of opportunity to be a bad person I yeah I, I guess what i'm saying is i'm surprised 
surprised you I, didn't. <laughs> I, and I recognize that. And I, but who's who's to say that maybe that's wisdom that comes with? I don't know. I mean, I'm going to be 50 this year. I don't know if that means anything. I don't know. All I know is I'm able to reflect. I've had a lot of time to be introspective. I've had a lot of time to. I've had a lot of time to make some serious mistakes too. So uh, maybe this was just just the right time to have a kid for me. That being said, I I hate the idea of missing out on a good 20, 25 years of her life that I could have had if I would have had her like when I was 20, 25. But at the same time, I think I'm going to have a pretty good kid, and I hope a lot of it's her. But I hope I hope some of it's you know because of the direction I I take with her. Yeah, you are a much different person. You know, I, I'm sure you were a much different person at 45 when she was born than you were at 25 for sure. And I was such a selfish a-hole when I was 25 because all I knew was how to take care of myself. Yeah. And that was a big problem of mine. I was, I genuinely loved the people around me and I loved my friends, but I never had any serious connection with anybody because I spent so much time alone looking out for myself that I also just didn't never, I never learned how to have, uh, those type of special bonds where you actually give and take and, uh, and uh, it's made, it makes for interesting friendships when I can see someone I haven't seen in 10 to 15 years. And I feel like no time has passed at all. They yeah. look at me like, I don't know you. <laughs> Where have you been? Why haven't you been my friend? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know that's how that works. But, you know, that is what it is. That's all another, that's another story. When you were talking about loving your friends, is this where I'm supposed to say I love you too, Jeff? No. I love you too, I'm Jeff. Not, I'm not that wise yet. Wait till I'm 60. <laughs> Uh, this was an interesting thing yesterday, just because, uh, Star Wars is such a defining piece of art for both of us. When I, I saw Star Wars opening weekend with my parents and you, and I always said that that's probably the reason that I've been so obsessed with it was because I got to see it when it was such a big event, but your parents didn't take you to see Star Wars until well afterwards. So it kind of became this thing for you because you were missing out on it. And I, yeah, I feel like there, there's gotta be some, it's probably something to that effect there that everyone around me in school, that all the, all my friends, they'd all had seen it. There was this cultural major cultural event and I had, I wasn't taking part in it whatsoever. So it definitely became an obsession. Um, and I think it's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because like, Jeff at 192021 would was such a contrarian that I could see like if you didn't catch Star just because everyone else at the time liked Star Wars I could see you at that age just going yeah I don't like that <laughs> just because everyone else did so it may have been the only time in history where I liked what everyone else liked and then I, I got, and then I stuck with that and then I was like I don't need I don't need to figure out what the rest of you guys want to do anymore I'm good with this I, I this is, this brought this I brought this up at one point in time and you denied it being true so I, I don't imagine you're gonna cop to it now but I remember the first time I heard about the band Pearl Jam was from you and then once Pearl Jam became really big you were just like I no never had anything to do with Pearl Jam and uh now, I, I remember you showing me Pearl Jam 10 before anyone even heard of Pearl yeah, Jam. Yeah, no, I loved that record when it came out. I got like an uh, advanced copy of 10, and I thought it was a really good record. And I did show it to a lot of people because no one had heard it yet. It was like this advanced copy, blah, blah thing. And 
also when Pearl Jam first came out, yeah, uh, Eddie Vedder was like a funny guy and he did some funny interviews. And then when he became Eddie Vedder, who was too way too aware of himself, that's when I thought they sucked. Am I right that you have an older sister? Yes, I do. Did she introduce you to movies and stuff like that as a kid? I, I know you told me that your parents were yeah. into a lot of horror movies. No, your sister didn't? My, my parents were into the movies that were popular at the time. And in the 70s, let's face it, that's, you go back to the 70s, you know, Exorcist, Jaws, yeah. and the Horror, The Omen, those were the hits. So that's what, they were taking me to see the hit movies. I saw other movies, too, that weren't hit movies. Like, I saw the Airplane in the theater, yeah. which is the kind of humor kids should see. And I saw The Jerk in the theater. Um, but, uh, yeah, but no, my sister and I have a relationship now, but we didn't have, I mean, when we were kids, we played together occasionally. She was four years older than me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we occasionally played things together, probably more than I recall, but we never were very close in a, in a, you know, in that way you see in movies and TV that I assume is live. Right, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. So no, and pretty much the only thing my sister introduced me to inadvertently was the music she would listen to while I was playing with Star Wars figures. Well, I hear the Grease soundtrack or the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. I remember playing with Star Wars. It reminds me of playing Star Wars because that's what was blasting in the basement when I was down there with my Millennium Falcon. Was right. you know Grease or whatever. So yeah. You're playing with your Han Solo and Chewbacca action figures, cooping, souping up uh, the Millennium Falcon while singing Grease Lightning. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, what have you and Stephanie introduced Aura to that she's gravitated to at all? Or what have you guys noticed that she really enjoys that you're like, oh, that's really cool that she has a thing like you had your thing. You know, she's really been all over the place. It wasn't until recently, because she just turned six, so it wasn't until recently that she, like, settled into something and shows that she gets it and understands that she's all about it. That is, like, her Barbies and whatnot. But she she actually, uh, she's really big into cooking shows. Oh, wow. She loves, okay. She, oh, she loves Nailed It, which is this show on, uh, which I think you're familiar with, on, on oh, Netflix. Yeah. She loves Nailed It. And Nicole Byer from Nailed It has a podcast called Newcomers, where it's her and Lauren Lapkus watching all of the Star Wars movies for the first time, and it's actually oh, cool. really, really funny. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, but uh, so I mean, she's she's into that. You know, she's I was never into Disney ever, and now that I have a daughter, and I can't doesn't have to be a daughter, but now that I have her, uh, she's gravitated towards. And I find myself watching a lot of Disney stuff I never saw before. I'm thoroughly enjoying it, too. I mean, I, I, I've always been impressed by Walt, but, you know. You and I missed out on a lot of, like, the big, like, resurgence of Disney stuff, like Lion King and Little Mermaid and stuff like that, that came out when we were, you know, right around high school and just out of high school. And you're forgetting, Mike, you're forgetting you were trying to be Mr. Metal guy, <laughs> Mr. Punk Rock guy. I went and saw the Lion King in the theater and I went to Toys R Us afterwards and I bought two sets of Lion King action figures. <laughs> <laughs> because you were so cooler cool. than I was. <laughs> so. Yeah. But, uh, and, uh, they're act. I actually, you know, what's funny is, and when you look back at it now, I see what happened. There is a lot of, uh, older Disney stuff and the animation is spectacular and stories are amazing. And I didn't watch any of that growing up. Then 
when I got old enough that I could kind of like take myself to the theater on my own dime and whatnot, like I said, my parents weren't taking me to see Dumbo. When I was old enough to go to the theater and see these things, I saw things like The Lion King, which I thought was really good. But then The Little Mermaid, I think, is a subpar animation-wise. I think it's terrible. And I was like, this is what everyone's all loving? This, this animation's god-awful. And looking back at it, if you go compare the, the animation of Little Mermaid to something that Disney did in, in the, the 60s, in the 50s, it, it's, you could, it's bad. It really is. And it wasn't too that uh, they started getting into the computer animation, which I, had, I was kind of not into, and now I don't mind it at all because it's just the norm. But Disney kind of got back to making these stunning-looking movies where you could stop looking at the animation thing and it blows and get into the story and all that. Aura loves 101 Dalmatians and things like that, and I never saw those movies growing up, so I'm seeing them now. Thank you so much for talking to me twice, Jeff. I really yeah. appreciate it. Um, yeah. I, I I think you're doing a really good job. I, I love the videos that you post with her online of you being silly and you being you and just seeing that she's even at her age now, smart enough and savvy enough to get your sense of humor and enjoy your sense of humor too, which I, I think is really cool. She's a, uh, I noticed she likes to mess with people. Uh Oh, <laughs> you know, if she doesn't ever get into star Wars and comic books and whatnot, but she picks up the qualities of myself, that I feel were preserved me and, 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 shielded me from the world, then it, that includes the really bad sense of humor. So be it. I'll be happier about that than I could ever be about her playing with Star Wars figures. But I hope one day she does want to play Star Wars figures so I can have a really good excuse to be out in the backyard with them. Because right now the neighbors just look at me funny. <laughs> I know. <laughs> for me, every time I buy stuff, I'm like, no, this isn't an investment for myself. This is an investment for the future, for Benji's. Yeah. <laughs> and we already discussed that. That's right. a lot. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. I love you, buddy. Whether or not the feeling and is I mutual. I will tell you that right back in 10 years. Okay, good. <laughs> when you're I almost you. 60. All right. Say hi to the family. Give. Uh, I look forward to meeting your son. Uh, and, uh, you know, don't don't force everything you like on him because you like some crap. But, uh, you know, some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's great advice. 